Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. I want to admit, firstly, false advertising for today's message. Um, the title was, Where Are We Going? with a question mark. That implies that today I was going to give you an answer. I'm definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. I want to talk today about two concepts, two very simple concepts. And in case uh, you haven't been prepped sufficiently by Ralph and Sam, the concept is sheep and shepherds. And then a third category that will sneak in there, false shepherds. Thanks, John, for that fabulous reading. We don't know where we're going, but we can know who we go with, and that is vital. None of us know, if you pop up that first slide, Peter, none of us know specifically where we're going. You might have ideas, you might have made plans, you might, you might have applied for a job, or you might have a job, and there might be a six months or one year or even five-year plan. People plan to have kids, people plan to go on holidays, and again, I, I want to reiterate, now's the time where we start to realise all of that's false. But let's be real, it's not just COVID and all the changes lately that have caused us to enter that mindset. If you've lived life long enough, if you've got any sort of experience, you will know whatever you planned five or ten years ago didn't happen the way you thought. I don't care who you are. I went to the conservatorium, commonly known as the conservasnorium or the crematorium, conservatorium of music, respectfully known, many, many years ago. And I had a dear friend, Chris, a phenomenal guitarist. He was lightning fast and, you know, um, he was constantly being sort of slapped at the con. Well, yeah, you play fast, but you've got to play the right notes. This is jazz. The changes matter. But this guy was just so driven and he learned all those bits and pieces. And, and, and you know, one week, Judy Bailey, a, a, a fantastic jazz pianist, uh, Sydney-based, uh, one, one of the best Australia's ever produced, sat her class down in a rare occurrence at the con, normally we're just all about the music and, you know, life's by the wayside. But she sat the class down and she said, why don't you tell us what are your thoughts and plans for being a musician? <laughs> That's one thing a Bachelor of Music degree doesn't really prepare you for, uh, after the Bachelor of Music degree, unlike other degrees. And so she said, look, what are your thoughts? What are you going to do when you leave the con? And everyone was like, well, I don't know, I suppose I'll, I don't know, I suppose I'll gig around a bit, maybe I'll teach, maybe I'll get a job teaching, I'll want to play jazz, you know, and well, you're not going to make a living doing that. But everyone had vague ideas, except Chris. And just as surely was, as he was intense on the guitar with the way he approached music, he sat there and he said to Judy and the rest of the class, he said, oh, I'm going to, oh it's easy, I'm doing, I'm graduating here, I'm moving to New York. I've already got half the songs written for my first EP. I'm going to produce a groundbreaking fusion jazz CD. And I'm going to take America by storm. I'm going to tour with this guy, with this guy, with this guy, with this. I'm going to get my, get my name in the faces of all the great jazz fusion records and all the great musicians. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And the following week, my friends were in the same class as him. Actually, it wasn't a class, it was a rehearsal for a tour they were going to do to Darwin. I was just going to do a little jazz tour. One of the sax players had some mates up in Darwin. Let's do a jazz tour in Darwin. Random, but let's do it. Chris was racing through one of the songs in this rehearsal. This is a week after this meeting happened. And he fell forward on his guitar. And they thought he was clowning around at first. And then they realised, well, no, that's a Gibson worth about four grand, 
probably not clowning around. He made a gurgling sound and that was it. Gone. I don't want to depress you this morning. <laughs> That's not the job here. But, but a week after that, that bold declaration, this young man, probably 21 years old, he was gone. And we held a memorial f- funeral for him. And what happened to Chris? Snuffed out. Just like that. Again, I don't want to freak you out. That's not the point. The point is we don't know. And something Judy said in that class, which I'm sure she regrets, it would have sounded t- tasteless later, but a friend of mine, a trombonist in the class, said, well, you know what she said? And we're all talking about this spookily two weeks later after, you know, after Chris's funeral. Um, she said, how do you make God laugh? She was very experienced and old and had been through the music industry in and out. When she heard Chris's plan, she encouraged him, but a little quick, how do you make God laugh? Tell him your plans. To which Chris would have gone, God, plans. <laughs> I've got my own plans. He was a lovely guy, and I do hope one day to see him again at the great jazz fusion gig in the sky. But it really woke me up at that time. And, and same, I had all these plans. I wasn't so different to Chris. And within a year or two, I realised my body was falling apart. And suddenly, I'm in the lap of, of fate and my failing body that says, no, you can't be a trombonist anymore. I had to quit playing trombone, which I'd played for 15 years of my life. And I went through this change and this trauma. I ended up in youth ministry. And I looked back and I went, wow, that was not what I expected at all. And I want to challenge you today. God has something for you this year. None of us know where we're going to end up specifically. We might have an idea. I'm not saying all your plans will go to waste. I'm not saying you're going to fall over in the foyer and <laughs> over your cup of coffee and die. But I hope you understand the point. The beautiful thing is that we are promised, and John read that so beautifully today, we are promised a guide and a shepherd through wherever we end up. See, there's a simple and kind of uncomfortable picture in the Bible of the shepherd or shepherds and sheep. I want to talk for a moment about being sheep. It's not an easy thing to talk about because, let's face it, sheep are just not that inspirational. I I did a little bit of research on sheep. (laughs) Where they come from. You know, the sheep has been domesticated just about longer than any other animal. It's so domesticated that when you say sheep, there's no wild equivalent, really. Oh, we have various types of of goats and and sort of relatives of the sheep that might roam the mountains in South America and such. But no, a sheep is a sheep. It is what it is. I can't tell you more than a sheep is pretty stupid. It's very dependent because we've made it that way. We've domesticated it. It's used to being led and it's none too intelligent. It's got some throwbacks from many thousands of years ago, I guess, some instincts, some adrenaline, some speed, but... Generally, a sheep is a sheep, and there's nothing inspiring I can say about this. But we need to, at some point, acknowledge and admit that we are sheep. A lot of us don't think we are. I certainly saw myself as a a leader in many things. I was chatting to John just before the service, and and he said, you know, there's, there's statements and statistics that say the five people you hang around the most, pretty much you're the mean, you're the average of what they're going to be and what they become. to the degree where people earn pretty much the average salary of those they're hanging around. And this is certainly true if you're the different suburbs you live in Sydney. It's not a surprise. We may have all sorts of lofty ideas, but we are influenced just like sheep. We are influenced whether we want to acknowledge it or not. 
You can be all inspired about one thing and following God one week. Who's ever really been pumped up by a message? You know, Sam's been up here preaching. He's like, man, I'm going to do that all week. And a week later, after watching Netflix or the news or hanging around with negative people, you're just in total lack of faith and you've forgotten what it's, what it's all about. And that cycle, because we forget we're vulnerable, we're sheep. You only have to watch the change of governments around the world and go, did we really vote that guy in? We're sheep. We follow those that are around us. Brian Head, an amazing story, an impactful story, because he says even his own plans as a kid, or the dreams about, I'm going to be a famous rock star, he got there and went, hang on, this is not right. What was happening to him? He was being influenced and led by forces. Those forces, whether they're drug addiction or the girls around him or the lust of fame, they led him even though he may not have wanted to be led. He said, this is not what I wanted it to feel like. This is not what I expected as a child, but here I am. Why? Because whether we like it or not, we're sheep. And being a sheep is a hazardous occupation without a shepherd. Very, very hazardous. They're very vulnerable. You can put that up there, Peter. It's hazardous because you get harassed from various forces. We saw, uh, I was going to call him Wiley Coyote. I think, is he Ralph, the, the, the bad guy in that? Just taking his pick of all the sheep once the shepherd was out of the picture. And this is true. The most intelligent picture I could find of a sheep is this fella here. I searched and I searched and I thought, that guy at least looks like he's thinking. <laughs> he's trying. He's like, maybe I could make it my own. Look at that. Keep the picture up there. Maybe I could go solo. Hmm. I can see greener pastures. I'm not sure this shepherd or this sheepdog know what they're talking about. He's got ideas. He really does. Even with the wool over his eyes, you can remove that disturbing picture now, Peter, thank you. Why are you enjoying it so much? He's smiling broadly at that picture. The truth is we're all a bit like that sheep. We do get our own ideas. Sorry, I'm projecting ideas onto that sheep, but I'm the one in the pulpit. So we think, oh, I could do this on my own. I could do that. But in the end, we're led by the forces around us. It could be a boss. It could be a parent. It could be a family member. Um, you know, talking again to another friend recently that they actually stopped communicating with their own brother, which sounds really harsh and really terrible. I said, well, why did you do that? Such a drastic decision. Well, because I felt like they were just leading me in the wrong direction. Whether we like it or not, we're influenced. We're sheep. I used to listen to Pink Floyd growing up. This was predating corn, showing my age. Corn came along well later in my life. I'm not going to lie, but it sparked me interest. They were a great band. But Pink Floyd uh, put out an incredible album called Animals. And it's famous amongst guitarists because David Gilmour rips a solo on every single song that is mind-blowing. But the lyrics are none too encouraging. Yet, I think Floyd had some understanding of the sheep part. Not the shepherd. Don't, don't go to Pink Floyd for answers, guys. <laughs> I used to listen to them on repeat going to sleep. Floyd said this. In the song Sheep on the album Animals, Hopelessly passing your time in the grassland away, the song was called Sheep, only dimly aware of certain unease in the air. You better watch out, there may be dogs about. I've looked over Jordan and I have seen things are not what they seem. What do you get for pretending the danger's not real? Meek and obedient, you follow the leader. Now it's cynical, and fortunately I've got more to say than what Pink Floyd had to say, but they were onto one part of it. Being a sheep is hazardous. Jesus knew this. He walked into Israel, into Palestine, 
with the mission to save humanity. And one of the key things that he said in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, if we, if we can put this up now. He said, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He knew their vulnerability. There was the Roman Empire. There were political forces. There were the, Jew, the, the Jewish zealots that said, screw the Roman Empire. We can take this over. We can do it all ourselves. Then there was the Pharisees that said, no, none of that will work. Only being holy and, and, and parading robes and, and, and your giant Torah and Bible. Only those things will save you. And Jesus saw them harassed by so many different Forces. And this is us today. It really is. Is it media? Is it the junk you, 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 you're receiving from the television? Is it, is it even friends, well-meaning friends? We are vulnerable as sheep. But the amazing news is, and this is where Pink Floyd didn't get to. They had a really cynical quote of Psalm 23 that I don't want to read from that song, so I won't. I'll just go on to talk about the amazing shepherd we have in Jesus, that he saw us harassed, wool over our eyes, Sometimes arrogant, sometimes bewildered sheep. And he saw us harassed and he had compassion. And he said, I'm going to get you through this. I'm going to lead you. Now, shepherds are still a thing. I, I Googled this and apparently it's a real job still. In, not only in poorer countries, but in the large you know, tracts of land in the southern United States. My, my own brother-in-law is a farmer and he deals with sheep. And, and the basic definition of a shepherd, according to the Department of Agriculture in the United States, I found this. It's herding the sheep into areas of good forage, good, safe food, keeping a watchful eye out for poisonous plants. Because, again, we bred sheep into the stupidity where they still need us to say, don't eat that, slap them away from it and keep them away because they'll eat something that's poisonous for them. I wonder if you've eaten something that's poisonous for you. Shepherds often live in trailers or other mobile quarters. It's not an easy job. The shepherd will move both the sheep and his living quarters to fresh range. In most cases, the shepherd and his dogs will move the sheep out to fresh grazing each day and bring them back to bed in the same sort of area each night. And so there's a sheep fold, even to this day, where they lock them up and protect them. And one of their main jobs is to protect from predators. As we saw Sam, the no coincidence, our pastor's called Sam, and we use the Sam sheepdog example. They protect from predators. They guide to good pasture and they protect from predators. What sort of predators? Sheep predators in the United States include coyotes. Over here we've got dingoes and wild dogs, wolves, mountain lions, bears, domestic dogs. According to the US Department of Agriculture, and this fascinates me, this statistic, domestic dogs are more of a threat than any of the larger predators. That dog next door... The dog you see in the street, they kill more sheep than anything else, the ones you wouldn't expect. Again, I don't want to get too dark, but it's often those things that are subtle, that are around us, friends that are influencing us, ideas that influence us. And we go, what went wrong? What went wrong? You look back over your life, you go, oh, I listened to that person. And they didn't look like a wolf at the time. They were well-dressed in a sheepdog outfit, like our, our friend Ralph. Not our friend, our enemy Ralph. And we followed them. And Jesus warns of this. He not only calls himself the good shepherd, but he says, come into that fold, come into that fold with your friends and other sheep and he'll go out and he'll look for you and he'll bring you into that fold and he says, not only am I the shepherd, but I'm the gate. So look where you hang out. Look who influences you. 
Can we put up John chapter 10, please? Peter. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And just for a moment, I want you to notice that. The good shepherd is very charismatic and a great leader. The good shepherd is fairly good looking, Brad Pitt-esque. I don't know if he's good looking. I've never found him good looking, but the ladies say so. He's, he's very eloquent. The good shepherd has great status. No, none of these things, when it comes to the crunch, make a good shepherd. None of those things will get you through 2022. Celebrities are often wrong. Gurus are certainly often wrong. Self-proclaimed gurus get it wrong all the time. But the thing that marks the real good shepherd is that he'll give up his life for you. I, I met briefly in India. I had a driver. Um, I travelled the north of India, around Jaipur and, and Delhi. Wow, what a wild place, man. And my driver was a really lovely local fellow, and he, and he, and he drove a taxi for us, essentially, for, for three days for hardly any money. And, and he had a swinging, uh, the whole time he had his little Maraman, I think his name, or Haraman, a monkey god in the middle there. And, you know, and with total respect, I, I asked him about it. I said, look, dude, that, you, know, you seem like a spiritual guy. What, what's, what's the monkey? What's going down? I, I, all I knew about monkeys was monkey magic. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but he came out of an egg and he was wicked with a staff and it fitted in his ear. And I said, what's the guy? Is it kind of like monkey magic? No, I, I don't know what you're talking about, isn't it? He said, terrible accent. But he described, okay, this is, you know, this is the God of X, Y, Z and he helps me in my travels. And I, I, think, I think he guides me. There wasn't a certainty in his voice, but he was looking for a shepherd in this monkey. Not knocking monkeys, by the way. Some of my best friends are monkeys. I don't want to create a dispersion around monkeys or even Hinduism. I'm, I'm, I'm not going in that direction. I'm not saying our religion's better than yours. But he was guiding, and I only had one question for him. And it was a twofold question to my Hindu brother. I just said, that's cool, man, first of all, that you seek it. But do you think he loves you? I'm as open-minded as they come. I just wanted to know this monkey that you're putting all your faith in. Because it was a tough, tough time in India at that time, as it, as it often is. There was a lot of corruption. He said oh, he had a piece of land that he bought and someone else sold it and bought it out from under him. Okay. His daughter was incredibly intelligent, but she couldn't get into university because he couldn't bribe the officials. And, he, he, and it was just such a chaotic time in India at that period of time. And he said, I don't know, but I pray that he does. And I'm here to tell you today, again, I'm not about to knock Harriman or any monkey you want to put up in your car. But I'm so glad that I know Jesus loves me. And the main reason I know this is that he laid down his life for me. I know I can trust him. Because he cares enough to say, I give it all for you. We're going to sing a song soon. Come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. He's a God of love and he showed that through the Good Shepherd. Notice in John 10, he says, I've come to give you life, but not just life. The Greek is very exciting if you get into it. The best translation we have is life in abundance. He doesn't just come to help us survive. He doesn't just come to give us hints. 
He comes to give us a rich, full, wonderful life. And that's what's in store for you in 2022. If you can shut off the other influences and, and follow Jesus. Honestly, I am so grateful that he's my Lord and my shepherd. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that he showed me in, in wisdom and humility, Graham, a lot of times you're just a sheep. It took me years of arrogance to realise that. I thought, no, I'm directing my own life. And you look back and you go, oh, no, things happened that I really didn't expect or plan. And the further I got through, the further I realised I need my shepherd. In a minute, I want us to read, as the musicians come up, I want us to read together that beautiful psalm that John read for us. It's quite possibly the, the best-known Bible passage in the world. Unless you're, unless you're a fan of wrestling, I have seen Austin 3.16, an allusion to John 3.16, written on some of those Texan wrestlers. John 3.16 is a very famous verse, but Psalm 23, you hear it in songs uh, all throughout music history, pop history. I think Gangster's Paradise quotes it. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. In 2022, you can say that. I will fear no evil. Why? Because my shepherd has abundance for me. What does he do? John read it. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Sometimes we're too blind to see it. He's got good things. Great things in store for you. And he invites you and says, you know what? If you can get rid of the distractions, I've got something for you that's so precious. It'd be like a feast. David just doesn't say, oh, he prepares a couple of crackers and wafers for me. He prepares the basic kind of, you know, survival kit food. No, he says he prepares a feast before me. That's how beautiful your shepherd is. If you follow him through those dark valleys, if you follow him through 2020 and you stay close to him, you're going to be blessed in every way. He really does want the best for you. Sometimes we look and we get this fear, oh, what's the future hold? If we're focused on him, that fear can just disappear. We go, wow, it doesn't really matter what the future holds because I know who my shepherd is. He's guiding me. He cares for me. He loves me. He gave up his life for me for crying out loud. Let's put Psalm 23 up now. I want you to meditate just as Sam and Peter play here. Let's, let's rest in these words. It's a good one to memorize. If you've ever felt so bold as to memorize a passage of the Bible, this one will serve you well on dark nights. Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Thank you, Lord. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.